Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT. You thought mid-August was going to give you an easy time at the office, but you didn't reckon with the People's Bank of China. Welcome to Hard Currency, the weekly FT podcast looking at Forex fluctuations. I'm Roger Blitz, and if, like me, you return this week from your sun-kissed holidays to the sound of thunder and lightning, that was the renminbi crashing through the floor as the central bank dramatically shifted its exchange rate policy. Three consecutive days and counting of the Chinese currency going into sharp decline have thrown the markets off course. So what does this critical moment in the world's biggest economy signal for the rest of us? With me to discuss all this is Charles Santarno, senior FX strategist at Nomura. Charles, it was a bit of a thunderbolt, this move by the central bank. On the other hand, the markets have been seeing this decline in the Chinese economy for some time. So should we have been surprised by this devaluation? I think people have been surprised mainly by as it come now. But we knew that the economy was slowing. We've seen it in the data, actually the data this week in terms of industrial production and fixed investment mm-hmm. were weak and signaling that was something going on. The Chinese authority have been intervening or putting more stimulus in the economy by cutting rates, by uh, doing some quasi-fiscal policy. So there was already a lot of support that was being given. So it's just an addition to the, the support to the economy. It's also the view of a lot of strategists that actually the renminbi was pretty overvalued. It's not as if, therefore, this was kind of an irrational move or this was kind of going in the wrong direction. No, it's not irrational at all, actually. Our own estimates suggest that the renminbi was probably overvalued by about 3 to 5% when we take into account the productivity differential. Mm. If you don't, then you go probably towards to 10 to 15%. 10 to 15, yeah. But it's still, it, it, it shows that you needed some kind of adjustment. Yes. And of course, some arguing, actually, this is less about devaluation and, and more about China's campaign for special drawing rights or SDR, gaining inclusion in the IMF's list of reserve currency. So there's also that backdrop that's been going on. Yeah. Well, I think in a way, it's probably killing two birds with one stone. On one hand, you're helping your economy, supporting your export, exporting your economy. And on the other hand, you're allowing your currency to move a bit more freely, to be more determined by market conditions rather than being more fixed or pushed by more heavy-handed measures. Do you think that actually this shift in exchange rate policy makes a better case for SDR inclusion? It makes a, a slightly better case than before, that's for sure. It's an incremental step in the direction of having a more freely moving renminbi. But again, it's a baby step in the direction because there's still a lot of intervention. We've seen it yesterday. The PBOC intervened quite heavily at the end of the market to prevent 
a too sharp of a depreciation. So it's not fully free-floating yet. No, so there's going to be continuing market scepticism about the PBOC's intentions. On the one hand, they say they want a more market-oriented exchange rate. On the other hand, they're saying we will intervene if we see there's distortion in the rate. Yeah, but it makes sense given the states of the financial market or the financial institutions that there's still a lot that needs to be done before they can have a free-floating currency. I suppose from China's perspective, you talk about baby steps, but it's it's managing the process. If you compare this, for example, to the SNB's move in January, which was a real devaluation, this yeah. doesn't quite look like the same level or expectation of what the market sees is a real devaluation. Yeah, I think there's a big difference to be made between the SNB and the PBOC. I think the SNB really realized suddenly our FX policy doesn't work. It's not what we need. And they decided to do a radical change. While in the PBOC, the currency policy was working, but they wanted they had a goal, and that's another, the next step towards reaching their goal of a more free-floating currency. Yes. Uh, I suppose one of the problems is that the PBOC talked about you know a one-off correction <laughs> on Tuesday, and it's been followed by you know, further corrections Wednesday and Thursday. So to what extent do we take the PBOC at face value? I mean, in other words, where, how far do you think this reduction in the value of the renminbi is going to go? Well, I think we're going to probably go and see roughly probably a 5% depreciation. That's probably where we could be seeing it. And the PBOC came to us overnight and told us in a press conference that they're not expecting or they don't want to see a 10% depreciation. So they, they're very, being very cautious, but they also, when the way the, the fix is now determined, they want it to be determined by the market. So if the market push it in the direction of the 10%, they may accommodate some of it, but not all. Yeah, they say that, but if clearly it's in their economy's interest that, that the renminbi is devalued. Let's look at the broader impact. Yeah. First of all, the Fed. Okay, in five weeks' time, we've got the September rate meeting. Mm. To what extent will this devaluation play into the Fed's thinking? I think it plays more in terms of uncertainty that it creates. You get a bit more of an uncertainty of, okay, what does it mean for the U.S. dollar? We know the Fed has been concerned. Actually, back in March, they were concerned by the strength of the U.S. dollar. And you look at the broad dollar index, you're back higher in terms of level to what you were in March. The appreciation since mid-May has been probably slightly faster than what we've seen earlier this year. So there is a good case for them to start to be a bit concerned by the appreciation. While on the flip side, there's been some other developments that have been helping the economy. Weaker oil prices, slightly weaker yields, especially in the 10-year treasuries, have been kind of providing a little cushion. But in the grand scheme of things, it's could be slightly a, a slight worry for them. Yes, this depends how you read the Fed and the 11 members of the FOMC. I mean, you've got the hawks and the doves and those people in the middle. It feels terribly finely balanced and therefore any shift, any global economic shift is going to play into the hands of the doves. Well, it plays in the hand of the dove if it's an increase in uncertainty. But as you mentioned, there's still five weeks before the next meeting, so a lot can happen. It could be that next week nobody will talk about the renminbi anymore because it will be roughly stable and having less of an impact. So I think evolution on the renminbi side will be important and also the upcoming data out of the U.S. will be very important. And I think from what we've heard over the past few days from various FOMC members, it seems that a lot of them are still very much on the fence and not clear whether or not they want to hike or not. But what do you think? And I appreciate that this is about what's going to happen as opposed to what we think might happen. But the case can be made that a 25 basis point shift in interest rates 
isn't that much. And actually, an economy like the US should be able to manage it. If it can't, then we really are in difficulties. Yeah. And I agree with that view. It's not 25 basis points that will cause a recession. Or having rates between 25 and 50 basis points compared to 0 to 25, it's not a big difference. And also, the timing a shift between September and December yeah. doesn't have a big impact on your economy. So in my view as, as an economist and as a, as a strategist also, you look at it and you just hike as soon as you can. Get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> the market is so focused on the timing that they forget what's really important for actually asset prices. Mm. What matters is the pace at which their normalization will happen next year and the year after. And this is surely going to play into the hands of those who want a gradual normalization. Yes, the appreciation of the currency basically tells you that, well, you'll have to be very careful not to hike rates too quickly because the rates differential will start to matter and could push the US dollar much stronger. Okay, let's look at impacts elsewhere. Let's look at the euro, which perhaps has a lot to lose out of Chinese devaluation. There was the ECB enjoying this period of competitive devaluation, seeing the euro go down. But now, actually, we've seen a carry trade impact from uh, this week's events, which has supported the euro. But in the longer term, this isn't great for the ECB and Mario Draghi, is it? It causes a bit of a headache in a way, because it will push the euro trade weighted index slightly higher. They will have to take it into account in terms of impact on growth, impact on inflation. It will make their work a bit harder. But in terms of the grand scheme of things, still relatively small appreciation. You're talking 3% appreciation on the renminbi. It's about 20% of the trade weighted index. So overall, in terms of impact on the trade weighted index of the euro, it's still relatively small. But I think for policymakers, it will start to be something they will keep in their mind. Okay, that's Europe. But what about Asia? Because we've heard the phrase currency war banded about quite a lot this week. If there's going to really be a currency war, it's going to be presumably a regional one with Japan potentially at the centre of it. I mean, where do you think they are going to position themselves vis-a-vis a further China renminbi devaluation? Yeah, the impact in Asia will be really on kind of more of the northern Asian countries, so Korea, Taiwan, Japan, because they compete against China in a lot of very similar markets. Mm. So now suddenly they see that, oh, we're slightly less competitive, and then there's starting to be an advantage or a desire to depreciate your currency. You can imagine maybe the Bank of Korea cutting rates. In Japan, we've had Prime Minister Abe saying overnight that if needed, the BOJ can ease more if it's required hinting that, well, if the depreciation is negative on the Japanese economy, the BOJ still have ammunition to do more QE and depreciate the yen even more. Are you an advocate of the idea or the concept of currency wars? I mean, it's been tossed about this week as to actually whether we really do have currency wars. I mean, there's an argument saying that, well, a country has every right to competitively devalue and support their exporters. Well, I I think at the end of the day, it's more a question of what is the actual objective of the policy? I think in a way, the BOJ has been relatively clever at saying that we are doing QE to support our domestic economy. And if the yen depreciate, well, it's it's an afterthought. It's a result. Hmm. It's a consequence of having a loose monetary policy. They've been very clear at this. It's not the main objective. And I think that's where it's been harder for a lot of other countries to criticize 
the Bank of Japan. Very similar to how it's a bit harder to criticize the ECB or the Fed for doing QE. Or the PBIC. Yeah. <laughs> Just finally, I mean, how important is this week's events in the scheme of things? Uh, it tells us a great deal about the Chinese economy, really, doesn't it? But in terms of currency movements, will all this even itself out in due course? Well, it tells us that we now have a more free-floating renminbi that will be allowed to depreciate and appreciate if needed. That's Yeah, it's a positive for the global economies. It adds kind of a buffer that can absorb shocks that you that was not there. And that's the, the hope is that, yeah, for, for now we're worried about depreciation of the renminbi. But what tells us in, that in the f- near future, maybe they will need to have a stronger currency. And if it's allowed to happen and to absorb a shock, that might actually help the global economy in a way. But the negative is what it says about global yeah. deflation, state of the economy. Yeah. And I, for me, it's really that it's on top of all the other measures that have been put in place over the past few months. It really signals that probably policymakers in China are starting to be really concerned by the strength of their economy. That's where we stand at the end of this week. My thanks to Charles Saint-Arnaud, Senior FX Strategist at Numura. If you'd like to comment on this podcast or throw in a question for next week, why don't you email me? I'm on roger.blitz at ft.com. Please keep up to date with the latest Forex news and analysis on our website, which is ft.com slash fx. We'll be back next week. By when, we'll have a better idea of how far the devaluation of the renminbi is likely to go and what that means for the global economy. Join us again then. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.